Apple, that's the nothing personal word of the day, Apple. It is currently Thursday, September 7th, 2023. The NFL season starts tonight with the Chiefs and the Lions, but I'm starting this show with a subject we don't often talk about, but it's a good one, Caleb Williams. He's the quarterback, the reigning Heisman winner, plays for USC. His father got in the news yesterday and blew my mind. I have now had my foundation rocked for everything I used to know about sports and think about sports business. I can't believe I missed this. Caleb Williams' father has said publicly now that Caleb Williams may not accept to play in the NFL as likely a two-time winning Heisman Trophy winner Number one pick, he may not accept to play for the team, but this is no Eli Manning situation where he wouldn't play for the Chargers and demanded to be traded and went to the Giants for Phillip Rivers and a few picks. This is no John Elway situation where he said, I don't want to play for the Colts. I'm happy to be in Denver with Sean Payton and Russell Wilson. No, no, this is pretty different because Caleb, and I love the name, name of my son, Caleb father would like you to know that Caleb's got two shots at the apple. Two shots at the apple. Well, first of all, sir, it's two bites at the apple, but I digress. Two shots at the apple, quote. So if there's not a good situation, the truth is he can come back to school. Ooh, NFL franchises are quivering in their cleats, freaking out that the chaos for Caleb, which is the second cousin twice removed from tanking for Tua, as coined by Coca in the alliteration of the year, chaos for Caleb means that if the Cardinals only win under three and a half games, let's say two games, and then get the first pick, and Caleb and his father say, you know, I don't much like the Cardinals organization. I don't like the school system in Phoenix. That's never going to get old, Mike Hampton. I don't like the coach, the GM, the owner. I'm going to go back to school. Now, what he didn't say in his quotes is that if he does go back to school, that's fine. But get ready to make sure you get enough NIL money to cover the premium on the the insurance policy that you're going to have to buy to make sure that your son doesn't get hurt. To which I then thought, wait a minute. Caleb Williams, back-to-back Heismans. Maybe he can just not play for a year. Go to Scott Boris's development school. Just sit out. Go to the CFL, the XFL, the USFL. Go to the family business. And I was fine with Caleb Williams' father going public with this until his second quote. The funky thing about the NFL draft process is he'd almost be better off not being drafted than being drafted first. The system is completely backwards. The way the system is constructed, you go to the worst possible situation, the worst possible team, the worst organization in the league because of the NFL's desire for parity, that's who gets the first pick. 
And I sat down, I looked up at the sky, and I realized that Caleb Williams' father has finally figured it out. The number one pick in the draft for all major sports should always go to the team with the best record and the best organization as ranked by members of the media and fans in Twitter polls. That's what we should do. And then as a second level of ranking teams, we're gonna do it by position. Because if a team has a quarterback or got a quarterback the previous year, the way three quarterbacks went to franchises in last year's NFL draft, then they would not be eligible for the first pick if the consensus first pick in the next draft is a quarterback. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna make it by position in the NFL. Forget the draft lottery, the NBA lottery, forget Major League Baseball trying to avoid tanking by making lotteries and figuring out who will get the first pick. This is way better. We're gonna do it by positional need and by quality of the organization because by definition, when you've got the first pick in the draft, you suck. Now, the Houston Astros had a plan to suck and now they've got a plan for rings. Hmm. Chicago Cubs, stunk, ring. Philadelphia 76ers, stunk, no ring, good process, some problems with Harden and Maury. So I guess we can't just look at who's tanking and who gets the number one pick. We have to also look at what's going on in the front office and whether there's a good relationship and whether the owner's popular. This is good. I'm coming up with new ingredients for how we're gonna figure out who gets the top pick in the NFL draft. We're gonna do it based on positional need, the competence of the front office and how well they get along with their players and other people and the owner. Then whether or not the owners and pop is popular, oh, I got another good one. I think we're gonna do it based on location because the good cities like Vegas, New York, unless you're not a big city guy, and then New York would not be eligible for the first pick if the best player in the draft is a rural guy like Larry Bird who wants to play in a different type of city. Though, of course, he went to Boston. You see the absurdity of this? The infuriating feeling that I had reading these quotes by Caleb Williams? You know what? Here, here's my view. I believe that all NFL teams should now collude against drafting Caleb Williams. And if he thinks it's not so good to go with the first pick and he wants to make sure that he can control who he goes to, I have an idea. How about if no one takes him? All the talk about how everyone colludes, we're happy to collude about stuff like a player who we don't wanna play again. Not that we actually colluded, but you can't get 32 owners to all say, hey, we're not gonna take a franchise quarterback in the best interests of how ridiculous the father is and how players are gonna want two shots at the apple. You won't get owners to agree. Someone's gonna say, whatever, man, we're taking your son. You wanna not play, you wanna not sign, have at it, good luck, have fun with the rock. So I'm gonna follow this story because it fascinates me. I'm gonna to try to explain to Caleb's father what the expression is about apples. Then I'm gonna see what actually happens this season in the chaos for Caleb. And then I'm gonna see what Caleb Williams and his father do. Here's what they won't do. Wait to see. Coca, this was not discussed pre-show. 
an official wait to see when I tell you something's going to happen. And if it happens, we'll revisit it. If it doesn't happen, we'll revisit it. Official wait to see. Caleb Williams is not going back to USC for his senior year. N-G-T-H. Book it. So I'm excited. U.S. Open is happening. Baseball, unbelievable September. And now we have NFL. So I'm gonna talk a little bit about some issues that are happening in the NFL that interest me. And no, I'm not talking about the rankings of the fantasy offensive linemen. Although you may not do offensive linemen in fantasy. Of the quarterbacks or running backs or whether or not you got Justin Jefferson or whether or not you're in five fantasy leagues. Nope, leave that to some of the other podcasts some of the other shows. I'd like to talk about some business issues like Chris Jones. The Kansas City Chiefs are four and a half point favorites over the Campbell's, the Campbell's Soup Lions. The Chiefs are famous for not covering. The Chiefs are favored to win the Super Bowl. And Chris Jones is not currently in uni. Now we've got about 12 hours until kickoff. So there is a chance that this will get solved the way the Bosa situation did yesterday. Chris Jones is in the middle of a deal, not a rookie deal, not the fifth year option of a rookie deal. He's in the middle of a free agent deal. Remember in 2020, he signed a four year, $80 million deal. Well, instead of being among the fifth, fourth, third, or the highest paid defensive player, He's now the ninth highest paid defensive tackle in all of football. And he said to his agent, you know, I'd like a new deal because I'm way better than the ninth highest best defensive tackle. So though I signed a contract, it's football where I could get injured, where money is never guaranteed. Therefore, I'm going to hold out. Players have tried that in other sports. Scottie Pippen famously wanted to renegotiate a contract he signed. Jerry Reinsdorf said, you signed it. I didn't force you to sign it. Live up to it. Jerry Reinsdorf is not who I hold out as my ownership god, but the concept, whether it's football, baseball, basketball, hockey, or football, soccer, is the same. Rookies in the slotting system have no choice. They're drafted, they're signed to an amount of money, they're four years, a fifth-year option if you're in the first round, then you can get to free agency after some franchise tag possibilities, but yada, 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 you work your way to free agency. In baseball, you work your way to free agency. You are property of the team which drafts you or signs you internationally or in the amateur draft. You have to have six years and then you get to be a free agent in your sixth year. Very hard to become a free agent. But once you're a free agent, the best part is you get to choose. Did you know that salaries keep going up because revenue keeps going up, so the salary cap keeps going up? Did you know that when Patrick Mahomes signed, we were all gaga over that contract, and then it was time for Watson, then it was time for Jackson, and then it's going to be time for Burrow? Did you know that people who come later always get more money than people who came prior. That's how it goes. If you're born in a certain year versus a different year, there's positives and there's negatives. Positives, the oceans are a little cooler. Negatives, salaries are going up if you happen to be in the top quarter of 1% of your profession. 
The best actors of all time in the 80s do not make what the crap ones make in the 2020s, strike notwithstanding. The best athletes in the 80s and 90s and 2000s do not make what the mediocre athletes make in the 20s. Side note, I'm now calling this decade the 20s. To me, it was always the 1920s, even though I was born in in 1968. To me, when someone says, hey, the roaring 20s, it was about 1920. We're in the 20s now. People don't even remember, 1920 might as well be before cars. So of course, when you sign a long-term deal in anything, when we signed our long-term TV deal, we were happy at the time and then pissed. The ACC signed a long-term deal with ESPN. Happy? Pissed. When you sign a long-term deal, you're getting security. But David, the money in the NFL is not guaranteed. Well, whatever Chris Jones original deal was, there was an amount of guaranteed money at signing that he said, this is where I am valued. This is acceptable to me. I will sign. There's no malice. There's no fraud. It is not as though players or anybody. I was never forced to sign a deal with a corporate sponsor. You think people are happy with their naming rights deals where it's 1 million a year or 2 million a year when it could have been 10 million a year? but they did the deal that they could do when they did it. You can't go back to your sponsor and say, you know what, I wanna renegotiate, not happy. ESPN going back, ACC going to ESPN, you know what? This deal doesn't look good anymore. I'm not happy, please, please change my deal. So if Chris Jones wants to hold out, he'll hold out. Andy Reid said there's absolutely no progress in talks at all. He's being fined $2 million in fines. So far, if he doesn't play tonight, he is giving the Chiefs $1.083 million. That's his game check. I am totally fine if that's what he wants to do. I'm totally fine if that is the view of the agent and the player that the best way to get the most money going forward is to hold out. This is not me being so pro-management. Again, I say that because you all have this view. Well, not all of you, but certain people in the Levitard universe have this view. That is not what I'm saying at all. He has every right to do what he wants, but teams have every right to tell him to sit, good luck, honor your deal, we'll worry about this again. Chris Jones has teammates to worry about. His team is favored to win the Super Bowl. He's been very clear that he doesn't view this as letting his team down. He's taking all of his personal feelings out of it. He's tired of everyone having an opinion about it. He actually gave the great quote, of course, opinions are like buttholes. Everyone's got one and they all stink. People who say that opinions all stink, what they mean is they haven't found someone who has the same opinion that he has. Because those who have the same opinion as yours about a subject that may be slightly controversial, people then say, hey, I like you. Let's get drinks. I love your opinion. Oh, you don't like what I'm saying? Ah, your opinion is like a butthole. I have nothing against Chris Jones at all. Is he going to sign before tonight's game? No, because it's too late. 
Will he sign before a week from Sunday when the Chiefs play their second game? I totally made that up. They may have the Monday night game. Don't know. They may have a Saturday game. But I would assume they play a week from Sunday. Coca will tell me. Will that get done before game two? Maybe. Will it get done during the course of this season? Yes. Chris Jones is not going to hold out the entire season. Because if you hold out the entire season, not only do you get fined, not get paid, but guess what? It doesn't mean your contract year disappears and you get to be a free agent. You got to do it all over again. Chris Jones has to play the amount required in order for him to be a free agent at the end of this if he can't get the deal he wants out of Kansas City. He has no choice. The league, the league knows this. The teams know this. The agent knows this. The player knows this. Who, who doesn't know it? Spent some time thinking about Nick Bosa. I think Nick Bosa went to high school with my kids. I don't know why I think that, Coca. Did Nick Bosa ever go to high school in South Florida? I think both brothers did. Big announcement yesterday, breaking news, shocking. As we approach week one, the fifth year rookie Nick Bosa has signed a five-year, $170 million extension. He's now the highest paid defensive player in history. 122.5 million guaranteed. Guess what? He won't be the highest paid defensive player forever, not even for the period of the entire five-year contract. But he signed it. It was enough for him to stop his holdout. No mention of where the 4 million in fines went, but I can promise you they're not being paid by Bosa. So the question is, can Bosa be ready for his game? The answer is yes. Shanahan's been clear that Bosa will be ready to go. He's going to suit up as the Niners try to keep a healthy quarterback and make it to the Super Bowl one step past the NFC Championship. So people are going to now say, wow, the Bosa holdout, that was way to go. That totally worked. And they're right. Nick Bosa's holdout, he did not suffer because the Niners chose not John Lynch, notwithstanding, who gave his position away. Nick Bosa looked and said, the Niners are not going to exert any leverage over me. The leverage lesson, the L squared, the leverage lesson in any negotiation, A, you've got to understand the other side's leverage. B, you have to understand your leverage. And then you've got to quantify both yours and theirs. And then you've got to put it on a timeline. Whose leverage is going to run out first? Colloquially, people say, who's going to blink? Blinking is only the result of the leverage analysis. There's no reason to blink if your leverage isn't running out or your leverage is even increasing over time. Why would you blink? Those who blink first are those who realize, wow, I'm screwed. And then those who think they have lost their leverage and then blink in a negotiation and end up doing a bad deal, the reason for it is not that they blinked first, not that they signed a bad deal, the reason is they miscalculated the leverage. So you want to learn a new skill other than being a lefty tennis player, other than being a place kicker or a punter? I've got one for you. Or the ability to talk when the red light's on? Start to learn how to measure leverage. Believe me, you will succeed. So this season is about to start 
and I wanted to do my season predictions because you can't do them when the season has started. So even after tonight's game, the season's started. So anyone who does their predictions after tonight, invalid, because something could happen. So I'm giving you four wait to sees that we will revisit come the end of Super Bowl. So the Monday show after the Sunday Super Bowl, Coco, what day is the Super Bowl this year? I, is it like February 7th, let's say? Whenever day the Super Bowl is, I believe the Super Bowl is in, is the Super Bowl in Vegas on February 11th? God, Vegas is the place to be, isn't it? Is it in Vegas, Coca? So on February 12th, after a night in Vegas, that's gonna be some time. We're gonna revisit these four wait to sees. You know what? I'm totally wrong here. Here we go. 4869. I've got four wait to sees for you. We'll be able to revisit two of them after the championship games and one of them after the Super Bowl, which is February 11th in Las Vegas. Here are my predictions. Let's start with the AFC championship. There will be two teams in the AFC championship. Wait to see. The Buffalo Buffs and the Cincinnati Tigers. Bills versus Bengals will be fighting it out to go to Vegas. Wait to see. In the NFC, it's going to be the aforementioned Bosa-led Niners against the defending Super Bowl participants, Philadelphia Eagles. Niners-Eagles in the NFC Championship. Bills-Bengals in the AFC Championship. Wait to see. Who's going to win the Super Bowl? You heard it here first. Bengals. Don't sleep, even though they're the fifth most likely to win the Super Bowl right now in terms of futures. Don't sleep on them because Joe Burrow and his new deal, Roosevelt, which has not been signed yet, but which will. Joe Burrow's going to be healthy, calf notwithstanding, and will lead the Bengals over the Eagles in the Super Bowl on February 11th. And the Eagles will be two-fourths on the way to becoming the modern-day Buffalo Bills. Now, you may be wondering where the Cowboys are. Not mentioned. You may be wondering where the Chiefs are. Not mentioned. What about the Jets? All right, Jets fans. You got to be super pumped about Aaron Rodgers leading your team. I've spoken to Jets fans. Everywhere I go, I'm taking polls. I'm walking up and down the street. Hey, you a Jets fan? How excited are you? What are your expectations? Anecdotally, 69% of Jets fans believe that Aaron Rodgers will lead them to the Super Bowl this year. 31% of Jets fans believe that Aaron Rodgers will lead them deep into the playoffs in the NFL this year. 87% of Packers fans say, good luck with that. And 13% of Packers fans say, I will always love you, Whitney and Aaron. Here's the problem with Aaron Rodgers. He's not going to lead you to the Super Bowl. He's not going to lead you deep into the playoffs. But wait to see, official, for my fifth wait to see of this random Thursday, September 7th. 
the New York Jets will not even win a playoff game. Book it. Mark it. 250,000 years from now, you will look back, or your ancestors, on the 2023 NFL season and say, wow, the Jets did not even win a playoff game. Now, why I just said 250,000 years, you may ask. You're going to have to stay tuned till after the break, where we're going to review a movie that blew my socks off. And then we're going to talk about a few baseball updates. Not great news. The Marlins are H-O, Triple T, Buster, Poindexter style. But they had some injuries that we have to talk about. We'll be right back. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. This is David Sampson. Thank you. All the people who bought the horse hockey shirts... Can we put that back on the screen if you're watching this live on Nothing Personal with David Sampson YouTube channel? That's the horse hockey shirt, if you're watching. It is available now at davidsampsonpodcast.com. We are also doing a contest, terms apply, no purchase required, of what our next t-shirt will be, and that will be released at the beginning of October. We've gotten a ton of responses. We love your questions. Sometimes they make their way into the So You Want to Talk to Sampson segment of the show. Appreciate the loyalty. I got a photo. This was a funny one. Someone sent me a photo of the packaging of the merchandise you ordered, but then didn't include a picture of you using the merchandise. Now, I agree the packaging's cool when you order merchandise. I've ordered everything on our website, and I love getting the packages. I mean, if not me, who? So please tell your friends about nothing personal. Spread the word. Just got our weekly numbers from last week. That was a good week. This week, we'll see. Hopefully even better. Last night, two nights ago, two nights ago? Yes, two nights ago, not my favorite night. It's the night where you can't sleep more than a couple minutes and everything's quiet and dark and lonely and you hear crickets, both literally and figuratively. You go turn on the theater and say, all right, I'm gonna watch a movie. And then you turn on Netflix and you say, all right, what's available? And then you see unknown cave of bones. You look at it and say, all right, archeology, span I can dig it. So I watched unknown cave of bones. And this is a story of a discovery in a cave in South Africa of an entirely new species of homo 
in the Homo series. There's Homo sapiens, there's Homo erectus, there's Homo shirachis, and then now there, there was also like Homo shirachis, but there's now Homo nigwablis. That is a species that apparently existed 250 to 300,000 years ago. That's a long time ago. The concept is that these not quite primates, but not quite human beings may have been the first group of things to be spiritual, to be religious, because they found burial grounds, like bones of actual people who they buried. And I'm not sure if you know this, but the whole concept of burial and either in celebration and mourning, it's advanced. It used to be sort of like the Serengeti. Oh, you got eaten by a croc? See you later. Oh, your leg hurts? Bye bye Oh, you just died upon having sex? Thanks for the memories. Human beings have a different view. We're gonna bury you. We're gonna cremate you. We're gonna do something. Well, it turns out that 250 to 300,000 years ago, how they came up with that estimate, they didn't say in the movie, and I'm fascinated by it because I took it for granted. Hey, these guys seem smarter than I. If they say it was 250,000 years ago, then I'm with them. But imagine what they went through, watch the documentary, in order to bury their dead. It's mind-numbing. It may or may not be true. There's speculation ofs. There's nothing in writing that says what happened, which is why this age of internet is so cool because 250,000 years from now, assuming we haven't exploded like a Death Star, assuming we haven't had our blood boiled by the heat or frozen our knickers off like the day after tomorrow, assuming there's someone sitting in this glove chair, which will look damn old by then, doing a show, maybe we'll still be if we get our way and can freeze ourselves, but unfreeze ourselves for 45 minutes a day, I'll do nothing personal for 200,000 years. The last 50, not sure. But when they look back on our times, there'll be some records, assuming they get preserved. Not much to go on from 250K ago. Well worth your time. It's called Unknown Cave of Bones. Terrible phone call came into the Miami Marlins front office yesterday that Sandy Alcantara is going on the injured list with a flexor strain. For those of you who watch Nothing Personal and listen to Nothing Personal, you know that we announce flexor strain when we don't yet want to announce Tommy John surgery. It is very unfortunate that the Marlins actually signed Sandy to a long-term deal. He won a Cy Young Award. He's had a bit of an off year this year with a four plus ERA. He has not been who he was. He will not finish in the top 20 in Cy Young, but still has the ability to go out and rest your bullpen because he can go eight or nine innings. Such an important part of a team. Sandy is now not just going to miss the rest of this season. And the media is only saying, oh, he may miss the rest of this season. No. Flexor strains, you're done. You don't just miss four weeks. Oh, no, if we go deep into October, he can pitch for us in the World Series. No, it's not two months either. Sadly, 
you are going to hear news, likely, that Sandy Alcantara is going to miss all of next year also. That is a terrible, terrible blow to a team with a low payroll who allocates $9 million to Sandy next year, $17 million the year after, $17 million the year after, so he has 43 left over three, which is a great deal given that Scherzer and Verlander, well, specifically Scherzer at 43, stinks. They also had to put Soler on the DL, who has been on the IL, oblique strain, Hard to miss only 10 days with an oblique strain, but the Marlins keep winning. I love this team. They win no matter what. They are, they've won six in a row, hottest team in baseball, in position to get the third wild card. It'll be so great because 2020 COVID, that's one thing. Shortened season, have a good 60 game stretch, you're in the playoffs, win a playoff series, way cool. But you make the playoffs in a full season, you're legit. And Bruce Sherman spent the money to have the second highest payroll in franchise team history and let him get rewarded with a playoff appearance. Let the world or the country see Arias. Let them see their pitching staff, questionable bullpen. But what terrible news on Sandy. Also yesterday in baseball, word came out about Urias, who's was put on the administrative leave list. You may recall we did a show where he was arrested for felony domestic violence, and we told you that he's going to be put on the administrative leave list. He hadn't been yet, so people were wondering, oh, maybe he'll be restricted, or maybe he'll be fine, or maybe it's gonna be okay. No. Baseball was negotiating commissioner's office with the union, and it just took a day to figure out, because the rule in the CBA is that anyone on the administrative leave list, every Friday, literally every Friday, the union and the commissioner's office have to agree to extend a player's stay on the administrative leave list. And that was done to protect players from owners just putting a player on there and keeping them there forever and not doing an investigation, even though the player gets paid, even though the player gets service time, the union wants players to play because that's how they put themselves in position to get paid down the line. So if players are on the administrative leave list in perpetuity, yes, they're getting service time until they're free agents. Yes, they're getting service time and money under their current deal, whatever it may be. But the rule was put into place, the deal was made to revisit it every Friday. That's one of those arrangements that sounds good at the negotiating table hey, this sounds like a good plan. And then you start doing it and you realize, wow, once a week to talk to those guys, to keep someone on the list who's gotta stay on the list. I don't wanna talk to these guys every week, not interested. So what they've done is that baseball, commissioner's office and the union outside of the CBA, they have the ability to agree that a player can be put on the admin leave for more than a week until X day. It was not announced how long Urias will be on the administrative leave list. But what was said, and what I know is true, is that they're not meeting every Friday. The investigation into Urias is going to take time. Baseball does not want to get distracted at all. 
this September is amazing. October is amazing. No more Urias. They announced it as quickly as possible. And now it's going to be crickets. So Urias is on the administrative leave list. If you are a Dodgers fan, you are despondent. A, because you have a player with two players, two pitchers now in Bauer and Urias who are not good people. And yes, I will make that generalization. If you abuse or in any way are physically hitting a woman, you're not a good person. And it ain't just anger management. Jack Nicholson's not there to help you. The Dodgers are having trouble winning games. They lost three out of four to Atlanta. They've lost, what is it, a couple in a row? The Marlins have won six in a row. So I guess they've lost, what, three in a row to the Dodgers? To the, the Dodgers lost three in a row to the Marlins? Not ideal. But don't worry. It's Urias bobblehead night tonight. How do you think that conversation went? It was an oldie but a goodie. Stan Cast and the president of the Dodgers called down to the marketing department and the in-game entertainment department and to the people who give out bobbleheads and said, uh, we shan't be doing that. So now they're stuck with 20,000 Urias bobbleheads. They're not going to throw them away yet because that's a waste of money because what if he's innocent? Instead, they're going to keep the bobbleheads stored for another day before they decide to throw them away or send the entire pallet, pallets to Arias's house. Instead, Dodgers fans, you're gonna get 20,000 various premium bobbleheads. They're doing something to make the sponsor happy and to make you happy. So that'll do it for Arias. Nothing personal pick of the day. We are 122 and 122. I really thought the Rangers would get a game against the Astros. They got swept. Although I had said that the Astros were gonna win the pennant, that they're a dynasty. Why in the world would I have ever thought that the Rangers would even win a game? Why would I think that Max Scherzer has a chance to win a game? Mets fans, if you're not celebrating Billy Epler and Steve Cohn right now and David Stearns, don't be harsh on them. Scherzer's terrible. Couldn't have happened to a more involved labor negotiator with the best agent in town. Rangers over Astros was a loser. We're 122 and 122, and I'm annoyed. We've got two picks for you tonight. In baseball, I do not know how I would handle the end of Adam Wainwright's career. Adam Wainwright's career is over eight. Uh, his ERA is over eight. He is limping to the end. He came back for this extra year after his battery mate, Molina, retired. He wanted one more year, got paid a really good amount of money, so one nothing him, but has been wholly ineffective. Cardinals, out of it. My pick to win the NL Central, terrible. Although my preseason picks have ended up being quite good in baseball. We'll revisit those after the season. But that one was a bad one. So the question is, why do the Cardinals keep giving him the ball? You can't get innings with a young guy. You want to see what he does? Do a bullpen game. Do something. Or 
Is it an homage to Adam? A tip of the cap, thank you. This game doesn't mean crap anymore. We're still going to start you. But every game means something. Getting pitchers, quality, high leverage situations who are young, getting them experience, it matters. Giving Wainwright an extra start, two, three, four, forget it. Give him one more home start. Let him doff his cap and walk off into the sunset. And he's going to face the Atlanta Braves tonight? I am doing two units on the Braves over the Cardinals tonight. Two units, not one, two. Am I allowed to do that, Coca? We've never done a two-unit bet before. This is like the nothing personal grand slam pick of the day. Max Freed over Adam Wainwright. NFL, I am zero and zero in the NFL. We're gonna count NFL picks as part of our overall year, of course. But I'm gonna be watching the game tonight, for sure. The Chiefs are four and a half over the Lions. Everyone is saying, no Jones, Chiefs never cover. Dan Campbell's a genius. He realized that no kneecaps, that's the way to go. I'm taking the Chiefs. Four and a half over the Lions in the NFL season opener. So over the next two days, I haven't decided if I'm starting tonight or tomorrow morning. I've got my last big training session. On September 21st, after I record live, nothing personal, on September 22nd at 8.45 a.m. when I sign off, so that's two weeks from tomorrow, I will begin a 48-hour challenge where I will run four hours, four miles every four hours for 48 hours. It is a mentally grueling challenge, a physically taxing challenge, and the training has been difficult. But this weekend is the last tough training day. It's a 24-hour practice training run where I'm going to run every four hours for 24 hours. I haven't decided if I'm going to start at 5 a.m., 5 p.m. tonight or 5 a.m. tomorrow. Either way, I'm starting the process. No one's watching. There's no live streams, though we were gonna do a lot of social media around this event. We're raising money for Parkinson's. And I'm gonna give you all the information and ask you to spread the word because God knows we need a cure for Parkinson's. But there's no cheating. There is a code in running. You don't cheat. When you run and you're supposed to train and do four miles, if you do three, who are you cheating? The man in the mirror? When you do a race, you have a chip, you have some sort of barcode on your bib number, a chip in your shoes. You go over checkpoints in a race, and that is how they make sure that A, you're being tracked, B, they can keep track of your time, but C, so that you don't cheat and try to run a marathon instead of doing 26.2, you do 26.0 because you've missed a point two along the way. Runners have a code. I'm so angry with what happened in Mexico City, I can barely contain myself. They did a marathon in Mexico City and almost everyone cheated. 11,000 runners at this year's Mexico City Marathon. 11,000 of them have been disqualified because it was found that they took public transportation. 
that they did something to miss checkpoints, either their own car or public transport. There were checkpoints every 3.1 miles during this marathon, and one-third of the 33,000 runners cheated. What is it about Mexico City? Is it Balco? Is it biogenesis? Is it the place where you go to cheat because you want to get a personal best? In 2017, 6,000 runners were disqualified for cheating in the same race. In 2018, 3,000 runners disqualified at the same race. 2023, 11,000 runners disqualified. Who are you cheating? What, do you think it's cool? You go to a party? Hey, I just did the Mexico City Marathon. Oh, I'm tired. My back, my calves, my quads are shredded. What was your time? Oh, I was amazing. I did it in three hours and two minutes. My God, are you fast. I want to party with you. I'm going to sign you to a sponsorship deal, you random person doing a marathon, because you ran it in two hours and 46 minutes. Who are you cheating? You're cheating yourself. I thought there was a deal we had as runners, as people. If you wanna do steroids because you think you can get away with it and get a long-term deal that's guaranteed, I can't stop you because you wanna have money for your family for generations to come and I'm too stupid as the president of the team to know that you're steroided and that you're just gonna stop after you sign the deal or you're gonna be suspended or if I'm too stupid that I don't know you as a person and you get guaranteed money and I give you 10 years when you're only gonna be good for five, God bless, good for you. I was in control and I screwed it up. But running a marathon as an amateur, that would be like me listing my height as 5'11". Why? You think I'm gonna get a signed contract from the NBA to be the new Nate Robinson? Maybe I go to 5'7 and become Spud Webb. What's the reason? What's the benefit? Then I look in the mirror and say, wow, if I tell myself this lie enough, it'll make it true. If I tell enough people I had a personal best in Mexico City of three hours and 29 minutes and 69 seconds, then it will be so. Horse hockey. You're an embarrassment to the sport. You're a disgrace to the race. That's it. I'm not going to tell you that I did four miles every four hours for 24 hours if I don't do it. I'm not gonna, instead of doing four miles, there's no one measuring me. I'm not gonna do 3.8 and say, oh, I did four. I swear to God, come check my GPS. You gotta live with yourself. It's just business. I'm gonna go change clothes. This is nothing personal. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. 
From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite.